The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com. Empire. Are you ready for some virtual football? The world of scouting is a pretty closed door type of arrangement, so even the teams that I consult with, you know, I don't have real interaction to the specifics, but certainly words around the traps is that um, there is growing interest in, in acquiring some of this information to, I guess, replace um, what has been a cornerstone of, of making a decision on the, the physical aspect of the talented football that you're wanting to draft. That's Jamie Hefner, the Director of Applied Sports Science Football at Catapult Sports. Tech, for the sake of evaluation, it's never been more necessary. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Here is a special NFL Draft edition of the pod. There isn't anything else going on. And ESPN and the NFL Network, well, even though this is all they got on their plate, they are working feverishly to put together a socially distant broadcast with as few glitches as possible. And we're going to get into what that's going to look like with Joe Lucera from Awful Announcing. And we'll give you a taste of one specific team's plan to deal with an unusual draft. The Washington Redskins, who picked an interesting year to change the front office and the coaching staff. But first, the future is now with getting those picks right. And in the age of social distancing, that got exponentially difficult. One quick note here, this interview was one of the first ones we had to do with chat room technology, which is great for connecting all of us, and not as pristine as we usually get from our studio. So bear in mind the audio quality. But as we say in the business, content is king. These are strange times in the sports world and specifically in the NFL where they're forging forward with their draft, but whether they're going to practice this offseason or play this fall, still to be determined. Let's welcome in our guest, Jamie Hefner, who is the Director of Applied Sports Science of Football at Catapult Sports. Hey, Jamie, how are you? Thanks for joining us. That's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, this is really unusual times. Um, you guys track all sorts of metrics of players and you help teams in scouting. And I can't imagine there's ever been more of an unusual time than what's going on with this off season right now. Well, it's certainly, you know, I'm not all that old, but certainly the most unusual I've seen people throw the term around unprecedented, you know, pretty loosely at the minute, but uh, it's probably the only word for it, isn't it? You know, I sort of coached for 10 years before moving to America, you know, five years ago and um, seen some different stuff and some unique scenarios and, getting creative and uh, on the approach of practice and things like that is kind of part of the part of the deal but uh, this is a whole new ball game so to speak pardon me. and um yeah it's uh it's taken some thought and the hard part i think is the uncertainty uh with change and bits and pieces that happen um being able to plan for what's coming is is helpful but obviously that's kind of out the window and we're just kind of 
wait to see month by month here. So it is very, it is very different. Um, listen, obviously technology has altered scouting for a long time. Um, if there were any of those slow adopters to it, I imagine that they feel very differently this off season where a lot of the old methods of meeting the players, running your own tests, running your own things, getting to know them, doing physicals are out the window. Um, have you seen a different level of interest in what you all can bring to the table based on the inability to have personal interactions with the players? Oh, well, certainly. Um, you know, the, the world of, of, of scouting is a pretty closed-door type of arrangement, so even the teams that I consult with, you know, I don't have real interaction to the specifics, but certainly words around the traps is that um, there is growing interest in, in acquiring some of this um, information to, I guess, replace um, what has been a cornerstone of, of making a decision on the, the physical aspect of a talented football that you're wanting to draft. Um, you know, they say necessity is the mother of all invention. Well, you know, in, in, a, in a way, this could be a real kind of uh, turning point and, and um, you know, moment in, in, in how we approach, you know, identifying the physical aspects of, of talent for the draft. Um, and we're forced into this position all of a sudden something that we're used to is no longer an option um and we're and, and teams are really needing to get creative and you know in five years we might be looking back at now and and, and it may become the new benchmark um so it's really interesting we don't know which way it's going i wouldn't say that it's it's fully widespread at this point you know i think i think the um you know the strong survive and adapt and, and maybe this is going to be a real competitive advantage for some that that uh, have a leg up or have an in or these types of things. So um, it is it is unique and it's a bit of a bit of wait and see. And um, but there's certainly interest and talk talk around it. Teams are trying to scramble to get whatever they can. Now, let me stay on that for a moment. And obviously, I'm not going to ask you to reveal specific teams. Um, but is there still a large gap between the teams that are using a multitude of different technologies to build their roster, find their next stars, find their next players, and a bunch of teams that that haven't quite gotten there yet um i would say there's certainly a gap i would say it's probably it's still by far not the norm right like and i don't know the real specifics of exactly how many but 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 certainly there's a there's a gray area and and it, you know by extension there's um there's a big difference between using and 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 getting results from right like it's pretty well established in the nfl these days that Technology is widespread. Like it's it's accepted. You're, you're kind of behind the times if you don't have a you know a full capacity of you know whether it's wearables or whether it's you know uh, quality video software to to make cut ups and and show film and analyze players. To I mean, really in vogue is analytics departments. They're starting to be more widespread. But so the adoption of the technology probably isn't the gap. I would say that is the deciphering of and the implementation to, you know, enact quality decisions. Um, my favorite saying that I say to a lot of teams is interesting data is for fans and impactful data is, is for us as coaches in, in sport. And so you can spend a whole bunch of money and time getting as much data and technology as you want. And if it doesn't impact a positive decision, then you know better off. Uh, listen, I've spent a life looking at interesting data and trying to make it intriguing for audiences. <laughs> So I get exactly what you're saying. Um, can you be, you know, without, again, being specific to a, a team, 
What do you mean by that? Like when you have this data and you're trying to get them to utilize it in a way that is most beneficial to them, um, in your mind, what is an example of that? Well, you know, like I said, I can't speak to the to the um, the recruiting side or the you know the scouting side, but certainly on the performance side or in the mitigation of injury risk side of things, um, you know, it, like I said, it's quite widespread from a you know five years ago or more. This was really new. Um, now you're getting players drafted that have worn a catapult device for their whole career in college, um, and they've they've been exposed to iPad edits on iPads taken home and uh, all sorts of things. So um, back then the competitive advantage was having the tech and, and adding a piece. Um, and like we touched on um, the teams that are really doing it well and, and the more the more the question um, we're starting to dig into is, is how do we decipher these things? Um, so uh, some common, I guess, common questions or, or um, scenarios um, where we're in week 12 and we look slow are we and can we prove it and can we then you know no one likes a problem without a solution so if we can validate that, that the physical did play a part in 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 our performance on the weekend um, can we relate that back to something that we had control of um, was it a flight or was it um, you know quality sleep leading into the game or was it simply practice volume did the players show signs leading into that piece that they were going to perform poorly can we identify those and and mitigate it in the future you know identifying before the, the game through the you know measurement so i'm a big advocate that data and technology in no way replaces the coach's eye and and i think we've seen that over and over again that there's lots and lots of smart people around and um but it takes the collaboration with football iq to make that meaningful. And so that's a big piece of it, is trying to connect those dots and give teams a starting point or a methodology um, because there's no way I could have access without, you know, um, being in Chicago remote and all those things. So it is about leading a horse to water, so to speak, and using football IQ to, to make decisions and decipher those, those pieces of information. Um, let's take a look from the athlete's point of view now in this specific time where things are so different. Um, you know, we're talking about utilizing your wearables and other information that the teams could then work with the athlete to improve, avoid injury, whatever the case may be. Right now, they can't be with one another, but they are expected to train towards what is expected to be an NFL season, we think, or a college football season for that matter. Um, how are you working with athletes now in this uh, era of social distancing? Oh, well, that is, uh, that is adapting day by day. I mean, just recently we had, a, you know, in, in ESPN.com, I got it up here, you know, a kind of overview of, of, of where things are at from a, a rules standpoint. And that's a really big part in the NFL. There's a lot of different dynamics. You've got the, the kind of the, the rules and the, contact rules for, you know, NFL teams. And you've got the, obviously the NFL PA weighing into that. And I think, you know, my read of it is that, you know, they're trying to strike a balance to, to, to best, you know, allow the, the players to, to prepare and, and be in a quality position. But balance that with, I guess, um, doing the right thing and, and giving players control of their own destiny and, and preparation and things like that. So 
it's a really, really interesting one, and 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 one obviously unprecedented. Use that word again, but um, that we haven't seen before. So um, they've just come out, and it, it's optional that the players can be involved with remote prescription of of practices and and Zoom coaching pieces and things like that. Um, yeah, so we're still seeing it un- unfold, and and there's not a lot. You know, we're 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 just about to approach the the day where we can start, where the teams can start to contact with players. Um, so so we'll wait and see. Um, I I work with a player or two, uh, and, you know, in in um, the pro- you know the private sector, um, coaching outside of when he's at a team. Um, and so you know that's outside of those those rules. I'm not at a team, so you know. Um, prescribing exercise and sessions and giving feedback and making sure we're on the right track and validating all that remotely is a is an interesting piece and and the technology has really made that powerful where we can track a session live we can text through specifics of reps and routes and rest periods um and then validate with the data that we're absolutely you know on track comparing to the demands of an nfl game so having benchmarks to achieve and having a plan and, and clearly um, prescribing that to players, I think, is is certainly my approach. Um, the modern day athlete is is a millennial, and so us millennials, I'm on the border, but um, us millennials, um, you know, feedback feedback heavy. Um, so that's a really big part of I think where the technology fits in as well, and especially being away from team. I think that will be a really key aspect for for, for in the NFL space where players aren't getting that feedback from coaches where they're usually in OTAs and things like that. So I think that's another avenue the data can fill. Um, we've certainly had to adapt at Catapult and through our technology, we've put in the works, which will be out next week, and a new app that can remotely kind of pull the data from Bluetooth and hit your phone and send it to your coach to essentially empower that to, to, to with the new environment we're in. So it's going to be widespread in soccer and We'll see how and if it goes any wider than that. Um, I'll let you go with this, and let's be optimistic that things, the world will get back together at some point, and we'll go to stadiums and watch games, and they'll practice together, and we'll have a normal draft in Las Vegas and not online in someone's basement for, for a long time. Where do you see Catapult going? What will be the new innovations and the new initiative next three to five years when the coronavirus is behind us? Oh, that's a really good topic. Um, so I think, you know, as we talked about, technology has, you know, rapidly grown over the, you know, recent period. And, you know, I wouldn't say we're seeing a plateau, but but I expect that um, there's enough technology integrated with teams that probably the next iteration or adaptation is specificity on how the technology is delivered and measures pieces, right? Like um, whether it's really specific to a quarterback's mechanics, um, we've got some pieces that look into running running economy, you know, some enhancements around that, or or using really high tech algorithms to to um, you know, black box kind of machine learning type of deals to um, start to analyze the, the the bigger broader data sets that um, tell us things that we we haven't really conceived. Um, so a lot of what we do now is um, is um, validating some things through data that we we think to be true or some starting points, right? Like I look slow in the last back half of the season, right? Use the data to, to validate that and dig into the why. Um, I really think that uh, the next iteration is um, machine learning things that, you, that your eye can't see, whether that's really fine movement in a 
you know, quarterbacks throwing mechanics or wideouts running mechanics that that um, identify something potentially is you know is coming or, or an early iteration. Um, the second piece is probably the combination of all these multiple data sets, and that's certainly something we see the future for our company. Um, this is um, taking video that is has been the cornerstone for a long time, and and building in the wearable data and the and the other pieces of data. We've partnered with a number of companies um, to really bring those pieces together um, to make a single decision. Right? Um, you've got departments in NFL teams that are strength and conditioning and the medical and the, the football coaches, and we collaborate. If we can bring those data sets together to all sit in the same room or be talking the same language, um, then I think that's a that's a big piece and, and one that is high on our list. Jamie Hepner is the Director of Applied Sports Science at Catapult Sports. Thanks so much for joining us, Jamie. Be safe. No problem. Thank you very much. Up next, Sam Fortier from the Washington Post on how a team with a new coach and front office are dealing with their first draft from their basement. This is the Future Sport Podcast. Well, the NFL draft is this week, and it's going to be an unusual one. Roger Goodell is going to make picks from his basement. Every team is going to be at their home, sequestered. There are no war rooms unless you count people's man caves. Sam Fortier is covering this from the Washington Post from the perspective of how the Washington Redskins are dealing with it. Hey, Sam, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Trying not to uh, go too stir crazy in quarantine, <laughs> but I think that's a challenge for all of us. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, like they're humans too, so they got to live the life the way we got to live the life. There's no war rooms. They're going to have to deal with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's particularly challenging for someone like Ron Rivera, the new head coach, who's, who's just moving into his new home. You know, he's, he's trying to get up here and figure out how to do this uh, in an unprecedented time. All right, so it will be fair to him. When they do the Zoom chat from his basement, we don't expect too much in the background then. He's ju- just getting there. <laughs> exactly. I, I doubt he's going to have uh, the whole man case set up and, and have a lot of sex stuff. He might, because might, that's the only thing he has to do right now other than prepare for the draft. But, yep. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll give them some leeway for sure. Um, what are they saying about it? Let, let's take the viewpoint of a team here. What are they saying about this? And obviously it's different for them because this is a new um, administration that is going to be making their first picks for this team. But how are they kind of seeing how this is going to work? Yeah, I, I think that they're uh, wary, but I think prepared. I think, you know, they know that this is the only thing they really can do. Um, Ron Rivera is a self, uh, self-described self uh, trained gorilla. He calls himself a low-tech kind of guy. So I think he might be a little hesitant about it, but I think he understands that, uh, you know, in the context of, of broader society right now, this is kind of what it, what they need to do. So I, I think the Red Team are going to have an IT guy, you know, go out to their coaches' houses, make sure everything is uh, is ready to go on these streams and, and make sure that everything is set up right because obviously, you know, if you're, if you're making your first draft class of a really important rebuild, the last thing you want is like a tech glitch to affect anything in it. Um, are they, I've seen other teams talk about this. Are they expressing concern about hacking? Uh, no, from, from what I have understood and from what I have heard from the team, there is not a serious concern about hacking. 
Um, you know, I know that uh, John Harbaugh, the, the Baltimore Ravens coach, is one of those one of those voices. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, I think you know if the Redskins have those concerns, uh, they are keeping it you know to themselves for sure. Um, it wasn't that long ago that Roger Goodell basically said, we're doing this and don't talk about it. Um, have they quietly expressed any kind of reservations about doing a draft this way under these conditions? Yeah, I think a lot of coaches and especially scouts um, are hesitant um, to do this. I mean, just the reservation of, well, we didn't get to bring in our guy for a workout, you know, all, like throughout the day. Um, what you've had to do instead is I know that teams have been you know, Zoom calling prospects, and um, you know it'll be, uh, it'll be like, it's not a, a one day thing. Like when you bring a prospect in for a visit on a normal pre-draft process, it'd be you know you you put them through medical, you give them the coaches, you do X, Y, and Z. But now I think it's more staggered with prospects. So it's like you know, uh, for for if you're a if you're a top prospect uh, like Chase Young, I, I think it's been uh, you know the the Ravens scout will call you at 11 and he'll talk to you for an hour and then like another you know gm could call you at noon i think it's been sort of staggered that way i think that is one of the more uh difficult things tough to get a read on these guys when it's so everything's so jumbled i think that's one of the more difficult parts of this process um how do the teams intend to communicate with one another safely through all of this I think that that is going to be uh, a really good question. I think uh, so. If you think about what Ron Rivera's desk is going to look like uh, during the draft, I think he's going to have you know his uh, his notes out on the desk. He's a big handwritten note taker. Um, he's going to have his TVs, um, multiple monitors set up, and I think he's going to have his laptop open uh, on a Zoom call. And then I'm sure he could you know text other people if they need to, but. He actually said he was watching uh, CBS this morning a couple weeks ago. Basically, how they're doing it, how they're doing their broadcast, having main hosts. You know, I would assume that would be him and vice uh, vice president of player personnel, Kyle. And then they would you know bring in like your uh, in house and like their scouting director, their scouts, so you know, guy sort of um, you know like like you would toss to a reporter on a, on a TV news station. So. You know, if let's say they're they're talking about a guy in the third round who has a, a medical concern, they might bring on, um, you know, the head trainer and say, okay, well, you know, what did you see from him at the combine, or, or what have you heard about him? And I think it's going to be like that sort of communication uh, to try to figure out uh, what they want to do, because obviously you're not in a room with these guys, which would have made this so much easier. But. Uh, that's just not the way it could be. I mean, so, you know, everyone thinks they know what's going to happen with the first pick. And, you know, I live outside of Washington, so I probably spend too much time talking about the Redskins and think I, I think I know what they're going to do with the second pick. But it doesn't mean they don't receive calls. And as far as I can tell, the time limits on the picks remain. So trading, have they discussed the idea of how to figure out when, how they're going to decide communication-wise, whether they would execute a trade with another team? Communication-wise, uh, we we don't know. We, we have not heard anything about that. But in terms of the possibility of a trade, we have heard uh, Ron Rivera say he's going to keep his options open. They're, they're going to explore everything. You know, that that is, uh, you know, always been his, his mantra. But at the same time, Ron Rivera has, uh, you know, pretty clearly um, – 
said without saying that, that, that I think they're targeting Chase Young with that second pick. He said, you know, he knows what he wants to do with the pick. And if nothing else, I mean, we as fans are just happy they're doing it. I don't care if it's a struggle for them. <laughs> we need it. Uh, Sam Fortier for the Washington Post. Thanks so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. Up next, what to expect from the virtual draft with Joe Lucera from Awful Announcing. This is the Future Sport Podcast. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3 Advance. So let's take a moment to thank our friends at 3 Advance. These guys are ranked one of the nation's top app developers. Their user experience and cloud expertise has helped grow a bunch of sports tech startups, including Team Builder, T-Box Tour, and In-Game Fantasy. So if you're looking for a development partner to bring your future sport tech to life, look these guys up. Go to 3advance.com. They're the team to make it happen, and advance you will. That's the number 3advance.com, and tell them Future Sports sent you. So we do have some sports, at least in the form of the NFL draft. They are going to do it in a very, very different way. And if you want to take an optimistic point of view, sure, it's not going to be what it was supposed to be in Vegas, but it could be interesting. We get to see Roger Goodell's basement and we get to see how everyone else lives in the NFL. So if you want to take that optimistic point of view, then Joe Lucia from Awful Announcing is on your side. Hey, Joe, how are you? I'm doing very well, Bram. Thanks for having me today. You want to try to make a case that this is actually going to be a better viewing experience than, I don't know, with like having Joe Burrow take a gondola across the uh, the Mirage or whatever it was going to be in, uh, in Vegas? I think it's going to be, obviously, way less of a spectacle. But I think that the NFL and its TV partners have a really good chance here to kind of cut out a lot of the dead time on the draft broadcast. I mean, the first round itself usually lasts three and a half, four hours, and it's a real slog to get through. But in this uh, virtual format, I mean, we're not going to have the cutaways to guys sitting in the green room just waiting to be picked. We're not going to get the immediate repetitive interviews where the same questions are asked. We're not going to have the three-minute wait while the drafted players walk up to the stage, hug Roger Goodell, hold the jersey, it's really an opportunity to kind of uh, innovate the draft broadcast going forward and maybe cut out some of that dead time. Okay, so there is an opportunity here. Obviously, you know, te- technologically, when we get back to having normal life again, the production value can go up. But, but you're suggesting here that there's an opportunity to figure out how to just do this better based on what's in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. And sure, it's not going to be the draft that we're used to, but I think they do have a chance to kind of make it a much better viewing experience for viewers at home, given the uh, limitations they have. Um, From what you've heard and and who you're speaking to in the industry, um, how are they going about this? How are they kind of viewing putting together a watchable show, knowing all the dynamics that have to go into this unusual event? It's really going to be difficult because, you know, we usually have that draft stage with like five guys on it. And in some situations, there's a secondary draft stage with four or five guys on it. And they've released a list of talent that's going to appear on the draft, uh, uh, a joint production between ESPN and NFL Network. 
there's really going to be a lot of different analysts on this, a lot of reporters. And I'm wondering if they're really going to have like two or three or four guys on the screen at the same time and some kind of split screen thing, or if there's going to be quick cutaways and there's only one guy in studio that's uh, the host of the show. And it's going to be uh, really challenging for them to kind of make this into something special when they usually just have everyone there in one shot. And the idea that they're going to, in a socially distant manner, um, celebrate selections or announce trades. I mean, this is going to be very unusual the way that they try to display this. The trade thing is really strange because, you know, you usually have like the insider cutting in and then everyone reacting and now, I mean, are you really going to be able to cut away to an Adam Schefter or Chris Mortensen who is frantically working the phone in their own house without being able to like talk to anybody? So it's going to be a real challenge to pull off. And I wonder if NFL teams, because they have this kind of uh, direct link to the league, if they would be less inclined to trade and make moves coming up in the draft yeah I, I think that's a big question here and there also is a big question about security um we've heard a number of teams talk about it security draft board security communication security as all of this stuff is done remotely not in the same room and it's not going to be protected in the same way yes yeah, security is a big deal a lot of the uh, coaches and gms are somewhat concerned about that and i think think that overall as long as things are password protected or otherwise private they'll be okay but i can really see one or two teams kind of slipping up or having some kind of incident where maybe their uh, coach or gm doesn't understand how to use the technology properly and it turns into a mess where they don't get to pick in in time or they accidentally pick the wrong player or something along those lines it's really a concern the nfl hasn't had to deal with before and i think uh i think that while it has been downplayed it is something to keep in mind um the only thing i'll take issue with that what you said was uh speeding things up i got a lot of time on my hands so i don't know about you they could draw this thing out as long as they want over the next few days i know that's the thing i mean even though it's a real pain to get through we're so starved for any kind of content that we'll get that I think I'll sit in front of my TV for four hours watching the uh, broadcast no matter what, no matter how bad it gets. I, I need to see who gets picked at 32, man. <laughs> I, I need I need to see who gets picked at 232 at this point. I'll take it. <laughs> Joe Lucia from Awful Announcing, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That will do it for us this week. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast as we have a special show that's coming out later this week, and it's going to be focused on youth sports where organizers discuss how they're staying engaged with their athletes, what training at home really looks like, and the goal of staying engaged while we wait out this pandemic. Until then, we remind you, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused, so if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.